How can so many people be so easily deceived? I'm sure you're asking that. Thanks for joining me today on Reclaiming Your Legacy. This is Dennis Peterson. Have you been amazed at how so many people can be so easily deceived? Even people who seem to be fairly even-tempered and practice common sense are surprising some of us when they reveal that they have bought into various common lies in today's culture. It seems sometimes that Many people have completely lost their minds. They've lost their ability to think, to reason, to discern what's really true. So consequently, confusion prevails. And where confusion prevails, you inevitably have a pandemic of fear. And when people are prone to fear, they tend to make hasty and bad choices. And that only leads to more confusion plus a flood of hopelessness. And they're set up to bow to a false authority, promising them deliverance and unable to deliver it. Or they're prepared to hear good news that can change their lives for eternity. Jesus predicted in two of the gospel accounts that false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. When we see how effective the mainstream media has been at persuading half the population of the entire world into the most spectacular deception in history, perhaps we can be more discerning. This isn't the first time that human societies have faced an historic turning point. Every satanic dictator from Nimrod and Caesar to Mao and Stalin has effectively charmed whole societies with their blinding lies to be their savior. It's the reality that the beloved apostle John referred to when he wrote to his spiritual children in Asia Minor. Little children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard that the enemy of Messiah, Antichrist, is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. And that was 2,000 years ago. So the existence of powerful deceivers over society were evidential proofs of the Apostles' Kairos moment in history. The first century ecclesia of Jesus, the Messiah, filled with the Holy Spirit and boldness to witness the good news of the kingdom of God, completely changed the pagan world of the Roman Empire within four generations of the ascension of Jesus to the right hand of the Father. Their profound influence of redemptive sacrificial love began with 120 disciples filled with the promised indwelling Holy Spirit, they could never have imagined after those 10 days of waiting that the Spirit's anointing on Apostle Peter's message to those gathered in Jerusalem for the Feast of Pentecost from all over the Mediterranean region would result in such an awesome response. 3,000, imagine it, 3,000 radically transformed lives openly declared their faith in God through the resurrection of Jesus and were publicly baptized in water in one day. They had no doubt been pondering the events of the recent Passover crucifixion. Only days later, Peter preached again, and another 2,000 repented openly to follow the Lord. The ecclesia sprang into full blossom in the public forum. Religious tradition and ethnic cultures bowed to the lordship of Jesus the Messiah in ways that can only be counted as miraculous. Within four decades, the transforming power of Christ's indwelling Holy Spirit filled the entire generation with the presence of God that the Old Covenant prophets had anticipated for centuries. What's going on now? 
the world in one year has suffered such a widespread upheaval, all because of a mass manipulation of social order, to those with a little basic knowledge of science, history, and scripture, the delusion is impossible to miss. Why is this happening? Can it be turned around? What can we do about it? What is God doing about it? Is it possible for us to have the divine insight and discernment to direct others in how to make better choices? The rising influence of entertainment-driven pop culture and media-driven PC political correctness of the last several generations is undeniable. It's largely come from America's industrial and commercial influence, but it's been mirrored in the majority of regionally traditional cultures around the world. Those people groups used to be distinguished more by the customs of their unique ethnos, ethnicity, than even their unique language or dialect. Now, with the rise of global computer internet technology, the whole world has begun to mimic the groupthink that has been manipulated by the collusion of big tech, big money, big government, and big media. It's almost as if the whole world is once again speaking the same language and thinking that humans can reach into the heavens and achieve godhood. The 22nd of March, 1758, Jonathan Edwards, the great theologian in American history and a man most closely associated with the great evangelical awakening in North America, died from smallpox vaccination after serving just one month as president of Princeton University. You probably don't have to think too hard to see the connection to what's going on today. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12 reprimands readers who lack basic Bible knowledge, essentially saying, you have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you, again, the basic things about God's Word. You're like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. The lament of the prophet Isaiah over a morbidly backslidden Israel in Isaiah 59, 14-15, makes the charge that truth has stumbled in the street, uprightness is disallowed from public discussion, Truth itself is gone, and anyone who renounces evil is attacked. But thankfully, our redeeming Savior is merciful. Isaiah goes on and says, The Lord looked and was displeased to find there was no justice. He was amazed to see that no one intervened to help the oppressed. So he himself stepped in to save them with his strong arm, and his justice sustained him. Isaiah 60, 12 says, For the nation and kingdom that will not serve you shall perish. Those nations shall be utterly laid waste. Do you suppose that is why Jesus, who triumphed in his resurrection to have all authority given to him in heaven and on earth, told us to disciple all the nations, all the ethnos, ethnicities, the people groups of the planet? But some will not listen. They refuse to receive correction or honestly have the discernment to test all things. And that's why Jesus taught his disciples to shake off the dust from your feet if they will not receive you nor hear your words. 
And remember what he said in his comprehensive sermon on the mount in Matthew 7, 6. Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Wisdom would temper us who have knowledge to spare our words as men of understanding and keep a calm spirit, as it says in Proverbs 17, verse 27. What makes this particularly challenging for us is the fact that law-abiding citizens in the nations of the entire world are literally in a war right now, and many of them don't even realize it. Or at least, they don't realize the intensity of the war. And that's because it's a concealed or deliberately secret war being waged by powerful global influences to exterminate the vast majority of the human population. Did you hear that? Exterminate the vast majority of the human population. The devil has been pursuing this conspiracy for 6,000 years. Only now, his satanic followers in high places of power are openly admitting their hatred of God, of good, and of life itself. This is why the prophet Hosea wrote, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, and people without understanding are ruined. Hosea chapter 4, verse 6 and verse 14. My people are destroyed. People are without understanding. They're ruined. This principle of truth is a cornerstone of Isaiah's prophecy. He addressed a self-indulgent generation in some ways like our own. They were consumed with their own egotistical and warped lifestyle. He wrote, but they do not pay attention to the deeds of the Lord, nor do they consider the work of his hands. Therefore, my people go into exile for their lack of knowledge. Isaiah adds, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, and woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. That's in Isaiah 5, verse 20 to 21. Hosea adds, Because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being my priest, since you have forgotten the law, the Torah, the teachings of your God. I also will forget your children. That's in Hosea 4, verse 6. Did you hear that? This is such a profound statement. We cannot afford to take it lightly. Because you've rejected knowledge, I will reject you from being my priest. But wisdom gives us hope. Hope for those who are receptive. It says in Proverbs 11:9, Through knowledge the righteous will be delivered. See what else it says in the following verses. When it goes well with the righteous, the city rejoices. And when the wicked perish, there is glad shouting. By the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted, but by the mouth of the wicked, it's torn down. That's in Proverbs 11, 10 to 11. And when you see the cities being destroyed by anarchists, do you think it's the result of words from the mouths of wicked rulers? Unrighteous policies, perhaps? Forgetting God's simple wisdom of the Ten Commandments from their public forums? Maybe even the unwillingness of the salt and light of society from speaking out in the public forum. What we have is a society-wide demonic oppression, and it's characterized in a big way by the suppression of truth. When people behave like unthinking robotic zombies, 
you know they are demonically oppressed. Their natural, God-given freedom to even think on their own is undermined by years of public education and entertainment programming. Critical thinking and the willingness to put all our beliefs and theories under the microscope of open investigation is understandably prevented by our own human pride and social pressure to go along with the people who we want to accept us. Yes, it's irrational, but our weak human nature gives in unless we have humbled ourselves before God rather than man-made systems. And that includes formal religious systems that have all accumulated traditions that can lead us astray. And that's why we have to come to Jesus and let him confront us with the deception that his word will expose. Most people today have heard the words of Jesus that the truth will set us free. But will it? Knowing that the bondage from which we need to be set free is the sin that separates us from our creator, how many atheists, humanists, pagans, and others have free access to truth? even intellectual knowledge of truth. Are they free? What did Jesus really say in John 8, 31? If you willingly determine to make your home in his word, abiding in his word, thus proving you really are disciples of his, then you will know the truth, and then you will be made free by the truth. The sinful nature keeps us trapped in arrogance, bitterness, unforgiveness, hatred of fellow human beings, and a multitude of unrighteous attitudes and actions. But continuing fellowship with our Redeemer through his life-giving word is what changes all that. How? Well, a basic step is just following the example of the man after God's own heart, the imperfect but forgiven King David in Psalm 139, 23-24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts, and see if there be any hurtful way in me, and lead me in the everlasting way. Now, as spirit-born new creations of God in the process of being conformed to his divine image, we realize that we've been led out of the bondage of Egypt, which is a symbolic picture of the darkness of sin, but we're supernaturally brought out of that hopeless condition as slaves to sin so that we can be trained as God's warriors to conquer the enemy giants of the promised land that he wants us to invade and enjoy. And that involves constant work on our part that's empowered by his spirit working in us so that we can bring honor and glory to him. We can't even dream of doing our God-given assignments in our own strength. But this war we're called to fight is not dependent on our natural strength. As Paul said in 2 Corinthians 10.4, the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. I'm more aware now than ever that God is calling us to pray biblical prayers in support of all those whom he is positioning to be on the front lines of spiritual warfare. We common folks have only faint ideas of the extreme wickedness and powers of demonic forces that are working unspeakable atrocities in our world today. To the extent that God gives us the capacity to expose those evil deeds of darkness, we must do whatever he leads us to do in our spheres of influence. 
Like Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 10.5, we are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Are we doing that? But more than that, we're called to pray godly biblical prayers in support of God's vessels of mercy. These are the warriors that he positions to fight on the front lines for our nation's preservation, for our freedom to worship God, and for the privilege to disciple our children. Then there's the side we don't hear much about in the prayer warfare. But there's plenty of it in the prayers of the Bible. Prayers for the enemies of God, the vessels of his wrath. You don't need to think too hard about who those despicably wicked reprobates are in today's world. They've openly confessed their hatred of God, their hatred of goodness and all that is righteous and pure. They are in high places of authority in society. Some are high profile. Far more are embedded deeply in the state of human institutions. They're controlling what you hear about the world around you. They're formulating patterns of thinking in the minds of young people through entertainment and education. They're dictating what goes into your food, your water, and even the air we breathe. And now they're conditioning the masses to accept the demonically inspired tyranny of modern medicine, much of which has been fashioned to undermine the natural health that our Creator has designed for our awesomely intricate immune systems. Here's just a sampling of Bible prayers for the enemies of God and His kingdom. Psalm 34, 16, The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. Psalm 35, 26, Let them be ashamed and brought to confusion together that rejoice at my hurt. Let them be clothed with shame and dishonor that magnify themselves against me. Psalm 140, verse 4, Guard me, O Lord, from the hands of the wicked. Preserve me from violent men who have planned to trip up my feet. Grant not, O Lord, the desires of the wicked. Do not further their evil plot, or they will be exalted. Let burning coals fall upon them. Let them be cast into fire, into miry pits, no more to rise. Let not the slanderer be established in the land. Let evil hunt down the violent man speedily. And Psalm 83, verse 2. For behold, your enemies make an uproar, and those who hate you have exalted themselves. Let them be ashamed and dismayed forever, and let them be humiliated and perish, that they may know that you alone, whose name is the Lord, are the Most High over all the earth. Yes, we must diligently overcome the hypnotic influence of anti-God propaganda at every level. We must learn how to stand up for the rights of our families in a perverted world where even the trusted enforcers of the laws of our land are corrupted by illegal edicts. If you're not yet taking the time to learn your rights as a citizen in our constitutional republic, you will be intimidated by fear to bow to the tactics of demonically controlled servants of the state that demand submission to them rather than to God. You need to spend time getting some basic education about the gross misinformation campaigns circulating the world regarding the global health crisis. Do it at americasfrontlinedoctors.com. All the videos in the resource section of that website is a good place to begin. Again, it's americasfrontlinedoctors.com. And be sure to see the new Declaration of Independence that is linked at that website. And it's also linked in the script 
for today's program on ReclaimingYourLegacy.com. Over 244 years ago, our forefathers declared their independence from a tyrant king and his officers. We now find ourselves, through a tragic course of events, simultaneously unfolding in every state and commonwealth in this great nation and birthed by an obvious collusion in a situation much akin to the one that gave rise to that declaration, but even more sinister thanks to the corrupt and treasonous agendas of big tech, big media, and big pharma. We're assailed in every place and time by citizens, ordinary and official, demanding that we relinquish our fundamental and sacred human rights. These rights are guaranteed to us not only by the Constitution of the United States, but also by our Creator. We therefore do hereby forcefully and without apology assert the following truths which no law of man can invalidate. That declaration is listed, a list of things that are very appropriate at the time that we're now living in. Among them are things like, we have the right to breathe freely and without encumbrance or grant of permission. We have the right to speak freely and share information without censorship in all places, both public and within our private properties, including electronic public spaces such as social media platforms. We have the right to gather anywhere in public. We have the right to worship in places and times of our choosing. We have the right to live in an environment free of toxic substances. We have the right to educate our children in any time, place, or manner we see fit. We have the the right to make medical decisions for ourselves and our families without interference from any branch of government or any governmental agency or official. We have the right to work without any requirement to provide medical information to our employers and without being forced to undergo any medical procedures, including but not limited to medical tests. Wherefore, we now once again proudly reaffirm and declare our independence from all governmental bodies and officials who attempt to usurp any of these rights or who attempt to impose upon us any law or order that contravenes the Constitution of the United States of America, as all such laws and orders are de facto illegal and violative of the oaths taken by our elected officials and judges." When Pearl Harbor was attacked on December 7, 1941, every citizen of America was stunned into the reality of war that engaged complete and massive participation of the entire population to do their part in the effort to win the war. After a year of gradual awakening to the powers of evil that have been arising for generations in our society, are we now willing to roll up our sleeves and engage in the war? We'll have to do things we may not be comfortable doing, like getting equipped with the tools to do our parts. And that's why I've been giving our listeners links every week on Reclaiming Your Legacy. Go back to those recordings on our website and review them again. The written scripts are there at reclaimyourlegacy.com. And while you're there, if you're led by our Lord to help me keep providing this service to our community in the Sacramento area, please take a moment to contribute there online. It's the way God is enabling us to continue giving all our listeners these valuable tools to fight the war that we're all called to fight. And remember that the battle is the Lord's.